When I talk to property investors, they often tell me using debt is a key advantage over other asset classes. In the stock market, using debt is often called gearing. The new BetaShares Wealth Builder Funds, ASX ticker symbols G200 and GHHF, offer moderate gearing across Australian and global shares for investors who are comfortable with the higher risks associated with gearing their investments. You can discover how they work by visiting betashares.com.au. Please don't forget that gearing magnifies gains and losses, so read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rask. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rask Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rask AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. Kate Campbell, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. It is wonderful to be back, Owen, to talk about a very exciting topic today. Yeah, we're talking fire. Uh, and we've got none other than Dave Gow from Strong Money. How you going, Matt? Good, mate. How are you guys going? Good. We're recording remotely because you're on the western side of Australia. We're on the southeastern side. But uh, you've done a few podcasts in your day, so hopefully it's uh, all, all swell on the audio front. But um, it's always great to sit down and chat with you. I was just saying off air how it's one of, it was one of my favorite chats last year and we got to chat about the book. And it seems like it's all going well since we last chat with the book. Yeah, things are going quite well. That was probably December, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it just came out. So now it's been out for about six months now, I'd say. And yeah, it's gone, it's gone awesome, much better than I could have expected. Like I, I told you on that podcast, I didn't really have any expectations or know what was going to come of it, but I uh, just kind of hit publish on the platforms and see what happened. And uh, yeah, the feedback's been been really overwhelmingly positive. So I'm really feeling really grateful about that. And it's good to see the people enjoying it and getting feedback that it's been helpful and it's helped people, you know, implement different changes in their lives and, mm. and have a have a vision of a different future that they didn't have before. So that's really, really great to hear. Yeah. And for those people that haven't tuned into that episode, which we know is very popular from last year, can you just give us a bit of like a background, uh, the, I guess the shorter version of your of, your journey uh, and why you started Strong Money Australia. I think that's just like going to set the groundwork for what we're about to talk about. 
Sure. So if we take it back to the beginning, I guess, that the story starts as uh, me moving to Perth from Victoria at when I was about 18 uh, and then getting into essentially unskilled factory work, which was all right but not amazing uh, and had a few different experiences at work, especially with a boss that we had that led me to start questioning the whole idea of working for the next 40 to 50 years, doing something that I wasn't particularly passionate about. And at that point, had no idea what else I could possibly do, having not really any marketable skills as such. So uh, yeah, it led me to question a lot of things. And so eventually I realized, okay, I don't want to have to do this for the next 40 years. So let me figure out what other options there are. And so the only solution I could come up with for getting out of that situation and having a different future was to become wealthy. So I started learning as much as I possibly could about becoming wealthy uh, and realized that it was actually possible for an average person. And so from there, just started saving extremely uh, aggressively and started buying investments. And then eventually I got to a point where I didn't have to work anymore. And so that was the entire goal from the start. And then quit my job. and. After about three months or so, I was feeling completely refreshed, completely recharged, but I had so much energy that I didn't expect to have and I needed something to do with it. So I decided to start a blog to share what I'd learned and, and hopefully help other people with, um, with the things that I'd picked up along the way and to, to pass on to others. And so that's how the blog was born. That's a fantastic resource for anyone that's um, looking to learn about not just financial independence as a topic, but more broadly about yourself, psychology, behavior, so many great resources on there. So, uh, And you'll find Dave on Twitter. You'll find him on the Perler Exchange as well. So we'll talk more about that in a minute. But yeah, Kate, I, I know you are someone who thinks about this a lot and in your own way, you're pursuing your own version of financial independence. I mean, I kind of came across financial independence at about 18 or 19. So it's been at the back of my mind for a while. And Dave, I know there's a lot of definitions and ideas of what financial independence retire early as it was sort of first known. And now there's a million different other acronyms. What does financial independence look like to you these days? So it's, you're right that there is an almost insane amount of acronyms and it seems like every week there's a new one. So I won't, I won't comment on that too much, but I try and keep things pretty simple. So for me, since the very beginning, financial independence itself and just the essence of being wealthy is just having freedom to spend your time and your life exactly how you want to. So that means like having flexibility over how much you work, where you work, what kind of work you do, how much time you spend with your family or on your health or in all these various aspects of our life. So that was really the, the, the big thing for me, not having your life be dictated by work, but rather you could kind of construct your life with work around your life rather than having work be the sole focus. So it's the, the lives we kind of live are very lopsided where work takes so much of our our mental strain and our physical energy and all of our time. So we really don't get a whole lot of opportunity to do anything else that we might want to do. So I think it's about balance, you know, getting more more balance in your life and having more control over over what you do and enjoying that time that you do have because obviously we're not here forever. So 
you don't want to have a life where you look back in, in 50 years' time and say, man, I, I really wish I didn't work that much and I wish I took more time for myself and to do all these other things that I wanted to do rather than just work, work, work all the time. I know most of us want to feel more in control of our time and I think that's probably why many people listen to this podcast, learning how to invest and build wealth and build more choices in their life. And I was wondering how has your life changed since reaching financial independence and having all that time and energy? That's a good question. I feel a lot like just the everyday feelings of contentment is probably 100x what I had before at work. I mean, I just didn't enjoy the whole nonstop busyness approach to life that we seem to kind of get sucked into. I would just never felt okay with that. I kind of approached life with like an anti-busy philosophy rather than just busy for the sake of it. I try and go to the other end and I find life is a lot more enjoyable that way. And so how life has changed, I suppose the practicalities of it is some of the things I said, I get to spend more time on my health and spend time with my dog who's lying here next to me and spend a lot more time reading or just catching up with a friend during the day spending more time in nature, relaxing, just doing a whole lot of all these little different things that don't sound like all that much, but when you can cram more of those into each day rather than working for 10 hours, it just creates a higher quality of life. And you can't pinpoint like, oh, this one magic thing makes my life better. It's just all these little incremental things that really improves the the quality of each day and how much you enjoy it. Dave, I want to just, uh, something I haven't asked you before is like, say the last year in the stock market has been pretty volatile, right? And even in people are like pretty scared about the property market as well. And as someone who's built wealth and got to that point where you retire, do you feel fearful about falls in your investment portfolio, which is funding your lifestyle? That's a good question. I don't feel fearful about it. It's something obviously that you are going to watch as someone who's who's living off your investments. But I mean, fear is not really going to, fear might come up from time to time, but you, you also have to accept that you can't control what's going to happen. So you just have to accept what may or may not happen and just kind of approach it with a, a stoic attitude, I suppose, and just adapt to whatever situation you find yourself in. So I think one thing that helps is, focusing on what you can control. So for that is if you're living off the income from your portfolio, it tends to be more stable than the value of your portfolio. So that that can help as well. And obviously, if you're looking at regular dividend payments come in, it's a lot more, I'd say, psychologically uh, enjoyable or a, a way to keep you focused on something that's that's more on your side rather than watching values fluctuate every day, every week, every month. So that helps. Also, we're kind of in this weird situation where we've got, we've still got a bunch of money, uh, not 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 heaps, but a bit of money in property as we're still transitioning over to shares. Um, so not everything is in shares yet, but it will be at some point. Um, but I suppose in that situation for a lot of people, there's some things you can do. So obviously you can spend less if you're, investment income gets gets crushed for some reason you can spend less in that situation you could earn more money for a while that would obviously help and so with these two things you can plug a pretty sizable gap quite quite easily um, and you probably only have to do that for a short period of time depending on the situation so just doing little things like that can help 
another question that is kind of like how you spend your time and those types of things these days is like you mentioned like some people have like a sense of urgency when they go about their work and things like that. Um, you then you had that the outlet of the blog and that type of thing. Is there do you miss that sense of urgency that comes from like a work environment? Like forced motivation? Is that what you're getting at? Kind of, yeah. Sometimes. So sometimes, like anyone else, I can be quite lazy and quite unproductive if left to my own devices for too long. So the way I get around that is by structuring a routine. So routine's one of the things that I really enjoy having and it's something that you lose when you're no longer uh, tied to a full-time job or tied to any job, I suppose. So building a new routine where you're structuring it in such a way that you have productive hours in your day, whether it's doesn't matter what it is, but having that structure helps you stay focused and stay doing something productive rather than just like lazing on the couch watching some YouTube and then three hours have passed and then you feel tired because you've been watching YouTube and then you're like, ah, maybe I'll do that thing tomorrow that I was supposed to do today. So I try and structure my day so that I do whatever productive stuff I want to do. I do that first. And then later on, it doesn't matter so much. I noticed that if I do, if I'm kind of lazy in the morning, then in the afternoon, I'm like, oh, I don't want to now. I'm kind of tired because you just, I don't know, you just kind of get slack that way. So having a routine is, is really helpful and it kind of, uh, kind of helps you stay motivated, I suppose, and, and stay doing things that you want to do. And you, you want to build it around things that are important to you so that each day you get up and you're doing something that you want to do that's enjoyable and productive but also is working on something that that means something to you and so you you also have to regularly remind yourself why you're doing the thing you're doing and if you're not enjoying it and it's not you deem it okay it's not that important anymore let me try something else instead so i think that's the thing to keep you motivated too because if you're not actually enjoying what you're doing and just doing it for the sake of it, eventually you're just going to get sick of it and the internal motivation is just going to disappear. It's hard to force yourself to do something you don't want to do for a long time. It's an interesting discussion, Dave, because work fills a lot of slots in our lives. It gives us routine. It potentially gets us moving out of the house each day. It gives us social and learning and development and challenges and purpose. And so for someone like you who has retired early, you've had to find ways to plug all of these gaps through different aspects of your life, which I find it really interesting to hear how you've done that. Yeah, it's quite a, it's quite a strange situation, I suppose, because you, you take away a huge chunk of someone's daily routine or someone's daily life and how they spend a majority of their week. What do people fill that gap with? It's that one of those questions that, and that, that's actually what keeps people in work that they don't enjoy because they worry about, well, what else will I do? And to me, that's kind of a, it's a little bit of a sad question because to continue doing something you don't like just because you're worried about what you'll fill the gap with if it wasn't there, that seems to be like a bit of a, a, bit of a strange and a, a fearful way to approach life. I don't really, I find it hard to accept that way of, of approaching your your weeks and your years, yeah, it's. Uh, I think there's or you can find meaning in a lot of things. Like some of the like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Not to get too uh, geeky about it, is like self actualization at the top, right? And I find with the fire community, people who have achieved fire tend to 
have a better appreciation for that and like building the layers of like what's important and when you reach that level. So this episode is kindly sponsored by Perla, uh, as is our series of long-term sponsor. It's great to have Perla as a, a supporter of our financial education and what we do uh, and to see so many of the RAS community and I assume some of the strong money community as well using the Perla platform. But you've been involved in or been involved around the platform for a long time. And Kate and I were curious how that came to be and also like why you got involved with Perla in such, you know, at the earliest days. It's quite a few years now, actually. I was thinking about this before when you mentioned that we that we'd talk about it. It was years ago. So it might have even been 20, oh, I don't want to guess the year wrong, 2018 or 2019 or something like that when Perla first reached out to me or the guys from Perla first reached out to me with the concept of creating this, this brokerage platform. And at first, to be honest, I was a little bit skeptical because it, they, they pitched it as, okay, it's a low-cost brokerage platform. And I'm like, okay, yeah, fair enough. That sounds fine. But there's already low-cost brokerage platforms. So why am I going to? Why am I going to use Perla again? And so some of the concepts they had were like not very exciting, but then they pitched a concept to me about auto invest. And so you'll be you'll be familiar with auto invest is essentially like a um, direct debit situation where you're automatically investing in shares or ETFs or whatever the case may be. And so absolutely nobody offered that or had even mentioned that before as a as a feature. So I was immediately quite impressed with that idea and quite excited about that because I could imagine how many people would find that useful because a lot of people just want something that's simple, automatic, don't have to think about it. So there's a huge use case for something like that, but nobody was nobody was offering it. Nobody seemed interested in building it either. So when they mentioned that along with the um, the platform potentially being like focused on long-term investing as opposed to most of the other brokerage platforms built around trading and trying to get people to transact as much as possible. So the idea was to make something very simple, very clean, easy to use with none of like the other stuff that comes in your face all the time, like the news and like the here's what everyone else is doing and here's your performance over the last five days versus everyone else. So other stuff that other brokerage platforms do and it, I used to find a little bit annoying. So when they mentioned that, I was like, oh, okay, that's actually very refreshing too. So from that, I was I was quite interested and agreed to test out the platform as they built it. And I think from memory, I was perhaps the first place, the first trade outside of the outside of the Perla uh, circle, the Perla guys who were building it. So I think that I think that might be the case. It was the first or the second trade outside of the core team. So that was that was kind of exciting. Uh, so that's how it started, and just just went from there essentially providing feedback on which what things I liked or what what they should build into it and and yeah went went from there yeah is it I feel like it's it's great to see like an Australian business like come out of the ground like that and kind of take an old concept which is like boring investing and just kind of getting exposed to investing and being successful I think is kind of the the catch there like a lot of people a lot of entrepreneurs have the idea of like, yeah, we'll just take this thing that's like simple and it's what's good for people, but then actually turning that into a platform that makes money as a business and can actually deliver on what it says is like really, really impressive. Yeah. I think the key thing is they they 
they found a way to help people that weren't currently being helped. Like I suppose long-term investors didn't really have a place that was for long-term investing only because like I was saying, the, the other places weren't really fitting that kind of that kind of need. So it's, it's yeah, I suppose you'd know more about this than me, but a, a good business is one that, that meets that meets needs that weren't being met by other, the other businesses that were currently serving that kind of that kind of person. So yeah, it's it's cool, and it's cool that it's a, obviously Aussie startup as well. So, if I'm not mistaken, both you and Kate. So I can ask this question: both you and Kate took part in the uh, Aussie Fire ebook, which was brought out by Perla recently. So there'll be a link in the show notes to anyone who hasn't seen that the Aussie Fire ebook. You can just click on the link in the podcast player, and it'll be there. So like. Maybe if you just tell us a little bit about that, Dave, and also why you think it's a helpful resource for people on a similar journey to what you went on, like that would be great and kind of what people would take away from it. Yeah, so the from memory, the the Aussie Fire ebook came out, is was it 2020, Kate? 2020, it was a while ago, very beginning of COVID, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. So it's essentially like a combined effort of a whole bunch of Aussie Aussie bloggers and content creators putting different chapters together on different aspects of financial independence and putting their own spin on it, their own flavor on it. And Perla organized it and put it all together. And so now this is like the audio version of it now, which is essentially being released as like a, a podcast series. I think the one of the things that I like about it and the the community in general is that everyone has something slightly different to say in a slightly different way. So because everyone's got different situations, some people who are on the other end learning will learn better from Kate than they will from me. And someone will learn better from me than they will from Kate. It just depends on who that person is and where they're coming from and what they're trying to learn and their situation. So the cool thing is the more then when you have a community project and a community kind of collaboration like this and more people involved, the more people that see a situation or a person that's in a scenario that's a bit like theirs, the more they believe that it's possible for them. And so that becomes really powerful because then you can obviously reach more people and have more people on board and have them convince themselves that this idea, this is actually possible, I can actually do this. Whereas if you just have one person or two people that tends to be not so much the case because you don't have the diversity of backgrounds and opinions and all the rest of it. So yeah, it's 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 good because you, you're learning from people who are also like walking the talk, you know, they're actually doing it every day. Not, it's not just someone sitting there, and, oh, I think this and I think that, but I, they're not actually practicing it. That's what I like about it. You get to hear a lot of different perspectives working towards financial independence because we might use the same ETFs, we might use a similar asset allocation, we might use a similar super fund, but we've all got different goals and reasons for working towards financial independence. And so hearing different perspectives and different journeys might just uh, inspire you a little bit more than reading uh, something quite dry online or reading a news article. Who else is in it? Lots of different people. Aussie Firebug's in it. Man, there's like there's like fifteen different people list. that's in it. I think there's like ten or fifteen different people. Yeah, no, I, I know Matt was in it from Aussie Firebug, and that's the that's the thing, right? Like so many, like so many of you guys have like gone on to create other forms of content or help people in totally different ways, which is which is so cool. And then to bring this out and just have it as a free resource for people is like really really helpful. So if you are at anywhere on your journey, uh, I guess it's like a call to arms. 
go and listen to the audiobook and just listen to what everyone has to say and maybe follow them on social media. Matt's on social media from Aussie Firebug, so is Dave, obviously, uh, and many others. So go beyond the AFP, the Australian Finance Podcast is what we mean to say. <laughs> and Dave, the, the audiobook covers a lot of different parts of people's journey towards financial independence. And I'd be keen to hear from you, what do you see as some of those key milestones? If someone's interested in working towards financial independence, that were that stood out to you along your own journey. Yeah, so maybe I'll give you I'll give you like the milestones first, and then I'll give you like some I guess anecdotes from my situation. So obviously the milestone thing is is pretty exciting. They're the things that we look forward to and kind of work towards. And you get there and you're like, yes, you get that rush of kind of those endorphins <laughs> kind of hit you. So obviously the first the first milestone that comes to mind is like hitting a hundred thousand dollars of like savings or investments or whatever it might be, and then the next one up from that's probably like two fifty, and then five hundred, and obviously a million. But you can obviously like you can also break it down to other types of milestones. So it might be receiving a thousand dollars of dividends for the year, or five thousand dollars, or ten thousand dollars, and you can kind of work on those milestones. Another way you could do it is. Like we're trying to have a portfolio that's able to fund our lives so that less of our time is dictated by work. So you could also measure it in how many days am I able to fund with my investments, how many days off work. So you could one of your milestones might be, okay, if I get to maybe ten thousand dollars income per year, that's that that equates to like one day off work per week. So I could reduce work. And then when I get to the next milestone, I, that that equates to two days off per week. And so you could play different games with all these different milestones and whatever's going to like motivate you the most and excite you the most. Those are the kind of, those are the best milestones to make because there's no like best milestone. It's just whatever, I think whatever's going to get you the most excited and the most likely to take action. I remember Matt saying from Aussie Firebug that like, it's when you get to those milestones and you begin to realize like, even just by getting close to them, you're probably, you've probably already reached it. Like the idea of like, you get, it's almost like in your mind, your perception is you get more power just from going on the journey, so to speak. Like eventually it comes to a point where you're like, soon I won't have to be here, right? Whereas at the moment, if you haven't started yet, it's like you feel like it's forever away. But once you get on the journey, then you're like, it's getting closer and I feel like I'm getting more power as I get closer to it. So the the feeling of feeling better about money snowballs as well, if that makes sense to you? Yeah, it does. The feeling of of making progress is quite addictive, I think. I think a lot of us find that on our journey when you see like the numbers getting bigger or you're you're buying more shares or whatever it is that you're doing, it becomes like quite quite addictive. So I think also another thing is that the once you have gone, say, 80% of the way, like you said, you, re- you start to realize, or once you pass halfway and a bit further towards the end, you start to realize that the milestones are essentially arbitrary. They don't like whether you have like to use the biggest one, whether you have like a million dollars of shares or nine hundred thousand dollars of shares, you're like, it doesn't I mean it doesn't, it's not that big of a difference, you know what I mean? Your life is you get eighty percent of the benefits being maybe half the way there because your life is you at that point you've simplified your you've simplified your finances, you've got investments, you understand markets. You know how everything works. You can afford to take time off work. You can afford to do different things you couldn't afford to do before. 
you've got that peace of mind, you've got this sense of security and and possible freedom and possible semi-retirement if you want, and you're not even all the way there yet, but you're getting most of the benefits. So it's pretty powerful. So the milestones can be arbitrary in a way. Yeah. And Dave, for many people listening who are earlier on in their investing journey and a million dollars might sound like a pretty crazy number right now, especially if just working towards the $1,000 to invest. What was that feeling like when you hit that number? Because it seems quite life-changing from a, a, an external perspective. When I started or when I hit like a higher? Oh, well, maybe when you hit $100,000 and you realized that you, you could do this. So Yeah, I found, honestly, I found the first probably the first quarter of the journey, the mo- or maybe the first half of the journey, the most exciting. Because when you're going from zero to 100, it's way more exciting than when you go from 100 to 200. It's like still, it's the same amount of money, but it's nowhere near the same amount of excitement because your your life just changes in different ways, especially mentally. And a lot of these benefits are like, obviously they're financial, but they obviously have a, they're kind of mental and psychological in nature, the peace of mind and everything it gives you. So I found the, yeah, the first, the first 20, 50, 100,000 was, was the most exciting. And unfortunately, it does kind of taper off a little bit after that where the next, the next levels up aren't as exciting, but they're still pretty cool, obviously, because they're quite powerful. But honestly, the, in the beginning, I found so much excitement just from having money in a savings account and getting like that money, that uh, interest hitting the bank every month. You know, it might be $50 and then it was $100 and obviously... You're adding savings, but then also you're getting the interest payment on top and then it gets bigger and bigger. And I found that extremely addictive. So that was very cool in the in the start of my journey. And obviously later used that money to to buy a property. And obviously that was extremely exciting buying your first property. But the, the stamp duty wasn't so exciting, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, the, the, the fire community, depending on which side of the fence you're on, can be seen as kind of like, you know, there's a lot of like, I guess, misconceptions about it from one side of the fence compared to the other. And I'm curious, like, how that community element helped along your journey and how you think it might help others today, starting out today. So my journey was probably a little bit different in the sense that I wasn't part of any communities when I was I don't even think the communities existed, to be perfectly honest, when I was doing it. I'm kind of an old man now, so. um, (laughs) (laughs) No. Those those, those communities are quite new, but they're very, very cool. So, I mean, like I was saying before, it's just so powerful to be able to hear stories from people who are in a situation like yours, like whether it's, okay, here's someone who's doing it and they've got kids. Here's someone who's doing it and they're on a low income. Here's someone who's doing it and they're a single parent, you know, like all these different situations where you're like, wow, if this person can do it and they're kind of like me, I can do it too. It's it's really, it sounds cliche, but that's exactly how it works for a lot of people. So the more cases and we can we can show people, the more that they they realize that it's possible. So that's one thing to note. And another thing is that we can we can also kind of see the importance of of sharing because we can see that other people have challenges as well as us. So we might be going through something like we're 
we might be in a situation where we are not happy at our job or we think we're saving too much and it's and it's kind of sacrificing our quality of life and so we can bounce ideas off other people in the community where they can say, oh, here's what I did. You know, take this certain amount of money and allocate it to this area and so you you'll still get some enjoyment out of your life and whatever. So whatever the case may be, but just having the community there for people to ask questions and bounce ideas off and know that you're not alone and there's a whole whole lot of other people like tens of thousands at this point that are on the same path and like we're all we're all in it together essentially and that's I think that's one of the things that I like most about the fire community is everyone is so so helpful and so open and so willing to help each other that it's just so refreshing like I don't think you you don't tend to see that in too many places of the internet. Most uh, most places of the internet are more about like tearing each other down, but um, not in this space, which is pretty cool. There's definitely room for everyone in the financial independence community and just in their own wealth journey, especially in Australia. And I think that's why it's great. There's so many resources like yours or the the Fire ebook available to people because it can feel very isolating on this journey. And there's other people doing exactly the same thing as you that you can learn from. And one thing that I did want to ask before we wrapped up is you've been sharing your own experiences online for quite a while now. And I'm just interested to see if that's changed your own approach to investing and life because you've had that chance to reflect and articulate what you've done in writing? That's a really good question. I'd say it hasn't really, like publishing all my stuff online hasn't really affected what I do or how I do it in terms of my investing philosophy or how I approach life. It's just always good to hear how other people are perceiving it because obviously I'm only one example. So I love when I get comments or emails or something like that and people are saying, I've been through a similar thing and I I did it this way or I'm struggling with such and such because I don't know what other people are going through, you know, so it's always good to get feedback from from others like that. So, but to be honest, it hasn't really changed how I approach yeah, investing or, or life for that matter. I try and maybe I'm a bit different in the sense that I try and approach things a bit independently. So I try and like obviously do my own research and, and make my own decisions without without looking for the feedback from like external external people I suppose and come to my own conclusions and do it that way I'm not it's maybe just a habit at this point but I've always kind of done things like that I mean it's good to get feedback but I'm, I never kind of go looking for it I'm like oh hey what do you think of my portfolio or something like that I've just never never really been like that that's nah, interesting yeah it's one of those things when you put it into the public domain you will get feedback anyway right so. <laughs> whether you like it or not you're inviting it in yeah <laughs> that's true that's very true dave we did want to ask you for one thing which is just like one th- like lesson you would leave our community with or one thing you'd leave listeners with if you could today if i had to boil everything down to one thing it would actually it wouldn't be a tip or anything like that it would actually be just to understand the opportunity that we have in modern day australia i don't think people i still don't think people fully appreciate how much things have changed over the last 100 years and how much potential we do have to create wealth and to create freedom in our lives that simply didn't exist for 
almost the entirety of human history and still doesn't exist in so many other countries. So I really think we should become aware of how how the economy and how our incomes and how our living standards have developed over the last 100 plus years to fully recognize how people used to live, how we live now. And in seeing that contrast, it will be quite obvious how much opportunity we have to use our money in a in a smarter way, still live a good life, but be able to save and invest quite a bit of our incomes so that we can create more more freedom and investments and and live a future that we're that we're really happy about rather than just work, spend, work, spend and and continue that path forever. So it, ju- it just takes a bit of courage to do things differently. It takes a little bit of soul searching, a little bit of questioning the way we currently approach things. And the, I guess, the courage to do something different. Yeah, that's well said, mate. I, a lot of your writing comes back to that too when you uh, produce blogs or whatever. And it always resonates with me, like the decisions that we make and the opportunities that we have. The only reason we can save money is because we've got it in the first place, right? So, yeah, really well said. Well, thanks for, um, thanks for taking time out. If you're very busy routine, <laughs> you are, you can come and join us uh, at 3pm on a Thursday, mate. That's our time, different for you. But Kate and I do really appreciate it. And there'll be heaps of links in the show notes to the book, um, to the, the Fire ebook, to your website, Perla, all of that stuff. So we really do appreciate you, you, you taking this time, mate. No worries at all. Thanks, guys. And thanks as always, Kate, for joining me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, 
active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says Invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.